joyful we adore thee, God of glory, Lord of love. Hearts unfold like flowers before thee, opening to the sun above. Melts the clouds of sin and sadness. Thank you for joining us for this program from the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ in Haleville, Alabama. We hope that you will subscribe and will share our program with others. Now, we take you to the service of the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ. Well, good morning. So good to see you here with us today. If you want to, take your Bibles out and open them to the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews chapter 13 is going to be kind of our main text, but we're going to maybe look at a couple of things prior to that um, section there, Hebrews chapter 13. Uh, before we get started, let me uh, kind of acknowledge something that uh, um, I really think is cool and, and awesome and something worthy of praise this morning. A uh, couple of Wednesday nights ago, we had our trunk or treat, and in and of itself, trunk or treat is not necessarily, um, you know, I mean, it, it's not necessarily the highlight of the year, you know, it's not necessarily the, the biggest thing that we do, although... Uh, the previous trunk or treat, this trunk or treat, uh, we both we hit around 200 uh, people, uh, 100 of those or, or so being guests, which is a, a great thing uh, to have. Uh, but I was sitting and kind of thinking about trunk or treat and and the year from the previous one to this one, and it dawned on me that from trunk or treat 2021 to trunk or treat 2022 actually uh, was a significant moment in the fact that it was a 12-month period that none of our church plans or events were altered because of COVID. And you may think, well, okay, but why, what, what does that have to do with anything? And, and why would we mention that and, and kind of praise that? Well, we mentioned that, and, and, and I want to just kind of have a moment where we thank God for that because what it means is that over the last year, we have found some normalcy. In our, in, in our church life. And that's a very positive thing for us because it sets a new foundation for us to begin to now build on and, and, and grow from. And it's, it's hard to grow when things are constantly changing. It's hard to, uh, to find a rhythm. It's hard to find, you know, uh, it's hard to put you know, anything into motion wherein it's hard to have consecutive steps one right after another. But over the last year, we have found some normalcy. Once again, it's taken nearly three years really to do that, it seems like. But I'm excited because that means that now we can build off of something, build off of that. And, and we've, we've had a great three years together anyway, but it's just, I, I, it excites me. It makes me just, just excited about our future together and what we're going to continue to accomplish because we've accomplished great things even in the middle of difficult situations. And as we find a rhythm of positiveness, I know that those things are only going to be better as we honor God with our service to Him. So we praise God for that this morning, and, I, and I'm excited about that time. And I just wanted to mention that to you because I hope that you find uh, the, the sense of positiveness with that as well. Let me say thank you to Jonathan for his uh, quick step up last week as we had to be in Murfreesboro with Blair's dad. Many have asked uh, how he is doing. Uh, he is uh, in, we, we've gotten over kind of the, the let's get things fixed stage, if you will, from his accident. And we are moving into the, the journey of recovery with him. And that is going to be a very long journey. 
but tomorrow we hope that that kind of starts in full force. The plan is for him to be moved to Huntsville to a rehab facility uh, tomorrow at some point. Uh, that way he's closer to his daughters. Blair's sister lives in Huntsville. And that gives us a little bit closer proximity to him as well, as opposed to the three hours from here to Murfreesboro. So continue to pray uh, for Herschel, my father-in-law, and for Blair and for Brooke as they uh, help continue to take care of him. And your thoughts and prayers have, have meant a lot over the last week. But again, thanks to Jonathan for stepping up, and he did a great job covering last week's subject on a very short notice of the struggle is real. We're, we're winding down, coming to the end of this particular kind of concept and idea that we've been talking about, this idea that as Christians we're facing uh, struggles that maybe we've not ever really been used to, where we're, we have our core values, we have things that we hold on to and things that we strive to be about, and as we have held on to those things and the world has turned away from, from kind of flowing toward Jesus, then we are, are facing hostility uh, because of these things. And so that brings us to the idea that there are some things in our life that we have to make some decisions about. We have to, you know, we have to say, I'm going to do some certain things. I must do certain things. And we start with uh, the, kind of the last few weeks. We said, hey, I must stand firm. I must understand uh, the struggle is spiritual. I must commit to holiness. I must do what is right. And last week, Jonathan talked about the idea of I must commit to discipleship. And so we kind of are going to move today from this idea of I must, though, to we must, all right? Uh, when we start out, as we think about the struggles that we face, there is a side of that journey that is very personal, very individualistic. My salvation and my commitment to God, first and foremost, above everything else, is about me and God. It is a one-on-one -on -one relationship. But as we're going to see through today in our conversation today, that, that it doesn't stop there. My relationship with God is not just about God and myself. My relationship with God is about God and myself and you and how that responds and interacts with each other. So the first thing we obviously understand, Hebrews chapter 10. Um, in Hebrews chapter 10, the Hebrew writer begins to transition. He's been talking about the greatness of God and who God is and why Christ uh, is, is the way now, okay? How Christ is greater than Abraham, Christ is greater than Melchizedek, Christ is greater than the law, Christ is greater than all the sacrifices, all these things. And now he's saying, okay, as you begin to transition into this new life about Christ and make this commitment, there's some things you need to understand, how you live this. And he starts out and he says, first, and this is the personal, okay? Let us hold on swer unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. So he said, look, first it's about Jesus. It's about God, okay? It's about this relationship that we're having. But then he goes on and he says, it's not just the all in on an individual le level, okay? We must be all in with God, but we must be all in together. Okay? Think about that. Let that sink in. We must be all in together. We've got to be moving this boat in the same direction. We've got to be working towards the same goal. We've got to be, be focused on togetherness in this process. That's why he goes on and he says, he says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another 
all the more as you see the day approaching. What is he saying here? He's saying, look, it's about togetherness, that we must be all in with God. We have to make that personal decision, but then we take it to the next level by saying we're all in, but we're all in together. We're doing this with each other. So how do we do that? How do we live that in our life? How do we make that our focus? And that's what I want us to talk about today. I want us to talk about the idea of being a family with each other, of being a family with each other. We, we, we hear and we say this idea of, of we are church family. We, we've, our, our whole song service has been built around the idea of togetherness and oneness with each other, bind us together, God's family. That's one of my favorite songs. I just love the words and the passion that is written within that, the connectivity that is portrayed in that song. But it is so easy to say we're family, and then it's equally as easy, as easy to not live as family. So from Hebrews chapter 13, I want us to look at some ideas here that the Hebrew writer gives us of how we live in this life and in this kind of family dynamic together. Go to Hebrews chapter 13, and we'll look at verses 1 through 4 together. Then we're going to break them down and talk about them. He says, keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. For by so doing, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Continue to remember those in prison as if you were together with them in prison. And those who mistreated, uh, or those who are mistreated, as if you yourself were suffering. Marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept pure, for God will judge the adulterer and the sexually immoral. Okay, so let's, let's, let's kind of unpack this a little bit and talk about it in the, in the context and idea of being a family with each other, of, of when I'm facing these struggles in this world, when I'm facing this hostile environment that seems to be coming our direction as children of God, how do I plant myself in my church family and survive? Well, the first idea right here, he says in verse 1, keep loving each other as brothers and sisters. Keep loving each other as brothers and sisters. So the first thing that we understand is love is going to be our strength, right? Love is the most important thing. As Jesus is getting ready to be crucified, he brings all of his apostles together and he has the Passover meal with them. And I'm sure that was a highlight of their year. I mean, it was the time of like it was the spiritual kind of holiday that everything's wrapped up in for the for the Jewish people the Passover and so he's sharing this with them and then he begins to talk to me washes their feet and then he says a new command I give you to love as what I have loved you and he's fixing to really show them what that love looks like through the cross but his new command like it's like Jesus if you will like it's like his first kind of New Testament command is to love, but not just love like you've always loved. Love the way I'm showing you to love. So as you look around this room this morning, you look at each other and you go, my first responsibility to you above everything else is to love you, to love you as a brother, to love you as a sister. And sometimes those words may be a little challenging because maybe your relationship with your brother and sister isn't perfect. Uh, but, you know, still at the end of the day, there's things that you do for family that you wouldn't do for anything else. But when I think about that idea of family love, I think about, you know, everybody has a place that they know they belong 
and that they love going to. And they know that when I walk into this place, wherever that might place, place might be for you, you know that when I walk into this place, I am loved and taken care of. And I think of, my mind goes to and goes back to, if you will, my great-grandmother's house, Mama Rogers. She was my great-grandmother. I loved her maybe more than I loved anybody else in my family. And she loved me more than she loved anybody else in the family. I was the favorite. Okay, I, I, Of all the great-grandkids, I know that I was the favorite, and I know that because she told me that and she told other people that. So I'm going to take that one to the bank. But what I knew, what I knew is when I walked into her house, I was taken care of. It didn't matter if I was hungry. You know what I was going to do? I was going to eat. It didn't matter if I had just eaten. When you showed up to Mama Rogers' house, you know what you did? You ate. It didn't matter if I was hot. I was going to be warm. If I was cold, or I was going to be cool. If I was cold, I was going to be hot. If I was tired, I was going to rest. If I was having a hard day, she was going to help take that load off of me. And she was going to find something positive. She was, she, was going to, she was going to take care. She was going to love me any and every way that she knew how. And I think about our church families, and I think about this idea of loving each other as brothers and sisters. Is that when we come to this place, when we come to this place, it should be a place of supernatural Christian love, right? Not worldly love. Not worldly love when it's, it's I love you if you love me. It's I love you as long as everything's going the way I want it to do to go. I love you as long as you're doing what I want you to do. No, it's I love you despite. I love you because he first loved me. I loved you because of the way he showed me to love. It is supernatural, spiritual Christian love. That is what we're supposed to be about. But here's, here's what I want you to think about in this idea, that it is so important for us in this idea to make sure that we are living, and I know that this, this phrase carries a lot of different meanings in a lot of different places, but I want you to follow my train of thought with me. We need to be living small group Christianity. I know a lot of churches have small group ministries and different things. That's, that's, that's not necessarily the direction I'm thinking. But I'm thinking about within the larger family here, we all need to have somewhere within a group of people that we belong. We have to have a small group Christian community or family or group, however you want to call it, that I feel at home in that place, that these are my people. This is the place that when the world is falling apart, I put myself in the middle of these people and I feel loved. It's where the one another's are lived out. It's where the one another's lived out because here's the challenge of traditional Christianity and traditional church, if you will. We take this COVID idea and maybe, maybe use it and springboard off, off of it. In, 20, in 2020, we, we rolled around in February, March, somewhere around in there, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, we're not meeting together. We're not meeting together. And, and kind of the church culture as a whole, in, in, in every, everywhere in the United States, Church has always very much centered around this place, right? It's centered around this building. It's centered around the people who lead the worship. It centers around the preacher because he's the one doing the teaching. Okay, and if, that's, if that is my foundation of faith, what happens when it's gone? What happens when it disappears and we're not able to be here? And unfortunately, what we have the reality of now is we've lived through that. 
We know how it feels when that which is so normal to us is just taken away. When I'm not able to be at the building with my family, when I'm not able to, 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 to hear this and hear this from the people that I, that I think are supposed to be doing my teaching and, and helping me grow spiritually, when that's all taken away, what happens? Well, if that's where all of your faith is grounded is what happens here, when that's gone, your faith crumbles. But when your faith has been Christian family, in loving each other, then we can take this away and the church survives. We can take church, if you will, away, but the church still survives. Because the church is not a place. The church is a what? It's a people. The church is a family. And so we have this place that we can come together but we really need to be functioning in life together because we're commanded with these one another's. And, and, and this is just a few of them. This is not all of them. But look, one another, love one another, be, be devoted to one another, build up one another, accept, care for one another, serve one another, comfort one another, bear one another's burdens, be patient with one another, be kind and compassionate to one another, Comfort one another. Pray for one another. These are things that we can't live out in an hour worship service. Worship is important. We need to be here and together and worship. It's part, it is part of our faith. It is part of what we need to be doing together. But we can't live all of this out in a one-hour session in this room looking at the back of the person's head sitting in front of you. It just doesn't work that way. We have to be living it with each other every day. And so how do we do that? I'll give you some ideas. Small group kind of family Christianity is, is when you have a, a group of people in your church family that you've, number one, you've committed to doing ministry with. I'm going to use our young adult kind of class as an example. because this is, this is some things we've been trying to instill within this particular kind of group. And, and you know, I look at our, the way our classes are divided up and different things. We, we are naturally divided up to where there are different groups in our church family that can live and function in this small family Christianity kind of way. But first thing is this, make it a priority to do ministry together, hang out together, just don't see each other here. Take care of each other when needs come up. Know that that group of people is going to take care of me. Take an annual vacation or retreat together. And then I like this last one that I read this week, have children. And if you're in my young adult class, we were talking about this morning, it's like having children has like, it's like been a, like a common cold in our class. Everybody's catching it. And it's going from one end of the class to the other. But what I mean is this, have children as in have your family, have your Christian group, but then also figure out how to start other families within your church family. Okay? Let that grow and, 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 and let it bring other people closer to Christ. We need to be a place that loves each other as family, that acts as family, that develops as a family, and not just focused on going to church. That's not what God has called us to do. He's called us to live this life with each other, and we do that by loving each other through these things. All right, let's knock out a couple of other things. The next thing he says is show hospitality. Show hospitality. I read this this week, and I thought it was interesting, and I had to kind of let it sink in and and. and dig on it a little bit this guy said no matter what you believe your values come from those you associate with no matter what you believe your values come from those who you associate with and at first I was like nah but yeah I, I think that's a true statement 
Because I may believe this, but if I run around people who believe things different than me, eventually what I find important is going to be determined by the group. And if I don't get out of that group when I disagree with those things, especially if they're of a biblical nature, then I'm going to change my belief even. But who we associate ourselves with is so important. And he says in this passage, we need to be spent, we need to show hospitality. We need to show hospitality. And sometimes we look at this and just talk about with strangers, but I think it's with our whole family. It's the next step. How do I love you? I love you by showing you hospitality. And that is something that has really disappeared in our culture, in our country. And I'm going to tell you how you know why. How many of you, how many of you remember when every house had a big front porch on it? Every house had a big front porch on it. Do we put big front porches on houses anymore? No. What do we put on them? Big decks in the back, right? Big patios in the back. Why? Because I want to be in my backyard where no one can see me, where I can have privacy, where I can come home at the end of the day and just be all by myself. We are really living in an isolated culture. We're living in a culture where we feel connected more than we've ever been connected. I know more about people that I don't know than in any other time in, 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 in the history of the world, but yet more people are lonely and suffering from like loneliness-induced depression than in any other time in our known culture. I believe we overcome that with hospitality. With hospitality. And that means we have to get to know each other. That means we have to spend time with each other. It, it, it doesn't mean that I have to have you necessarily into my house, but it does mean that maybe we need to eat some. We need we need to eat some meals together. We need to spend some time together. Hey, Collins, I'm going to embarrass her. Bring me my backpack, okay? Hospitality is when I allow you to get to know me, no matter what. She's not going to do it. Bring my backpack, Brian, if you don't mind. I was going to do something, but I'm not going to because I was going to mess my microphone up. But I want to show you something. I want to show you something. Something really interesting happened about five or six weeks ago. Maybe it's been a little bit longer than that. But I went to the first home Haleville football game. And five or six people from church looked at me, and I spoke to them, talked to them for a minute, and then they go, oh, Matthew, I didn't recognize you. Why is that? Because most of the time when you see me, I am wearing some sort of makeup of this. Most of the time it's without a suit and tie, or jacket and tie, because I was thinking maybe it's cool enough to wear that today, and I'm already sweating like crazy. You want to know why I don't wear suits and ties as much? Because I get really hot up here. It's one of the main reasons that, and I don't like the way ties feel around my neck. You know what I had on at that football game? I had on one of these, and I had on a hat. Can you believe that this, instead of this, would keep you from recognizing me? But it did. As a matter of fact, and, I, and I'm not going to say who, someone here yesterday, I waved at them. They had no clue who I was. I actually had on this very getup right here. You know what hospitality is? Hospitality is you know me better like this 
something like this. Hospitality is, I know you better in gym shorts and a t-shirt than in a dress and a tie. Because if this is all you know of me right here, you really don't know me. Because this does not define who I am as a person 90% of the week. It doesn't. But we've created a culture where that's, that's what we know each other as. We, we've got to get to the point to where we know, not, not just that we know of each other, but that we know each other. And, and, and that's why spending time together is so important. If you've got a deck in your backyard, great. Invite people over to use it. It's okay. Let them get to know who you are. Let them love you and love them despite maybe challenges and differences or, or, or whatever. We've got to be hospitable to each other. All right, let's wrap this up real quick. Those are, those are really, of this whole section, to me, those are the most important things as we think about how do we face the struggles that are coming? How do we face the challenges that are in front of us? We become a family and we live life together and that this is our safe place. You are my people and we may have some differences from time to time, but we're going to love each other through them. And it's going to be okay, and it's going to be great. You know, that that's what it's all about. We love each other, and we're hospitable to each other. But then we take the next step, and we share in our sufferings with each other. He says, share in, your, share in the sufferings of other Christians. And, and I think that's important. It's, it's the idea here that no matter what's going on in your life, you know that someone's going to be there for you you know that someone is going to be there for you. In Galatians chapter 6 and verse 2, Paul writes these words, carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If you go over to Matthew chapter 24, as, as Jesus is talking about the coming judgment and the day that, that the resurrection happens, he says, then the king will say to those on his right, come, come you who are blessed uh, by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. Okay, and he keeps on going. He goes, and I was in prison, and you visited me. And then he says, the least that you did to these other people, you did for me. But what's he saying? He said, you cared for people. You shared in their burden. You shared in their suffering. When they went through it, you may not be have gone, been going through it, but you went through it with them. So we have to share in the sufferings of our brothers and sisters. And then the last thing, and I think it's important that we touch on it because he mentions it. He says that we've got to strengthen our families. We've got to strengthen our families. In, in our passage, he says, you know, keep the marriage bed pure. And he talks about some of those things. But I think the overarching idea here is that our families are so important to the church. Satan has always attacked families because he knows if he can destroy the family, he can destroy the church. I'm going to tell you what, though. Getting married is easy. Getting married is easy. Now, some of you guys, have, girls, have just gotten married. You may not think that the getting married part was the easiest day of your life. Getting married's easy. Being married's hard. Being married is hard. Right, Blair? She's looking at me like, what? But we, we tell people that being married is one of the hardest things that you'll ever do. Having a good marriage takes effort and time and patience and love and forgiveness. All of these things that we struggle with from time to time. 
but it's worth every bit of effort that you put into it. Marriage is hard, but the outcome of it is wonderful. But we have to work at it. We have to protect it. We have to provide a place within our church that we say this is important. And when you have marriage problems, guess what? Come to us. We're not going to judge you. We're not going to make fun of you. It's going to be okay. You having marriage problems? Come on, let, let us walk you through. Let us walk through your conflict together. Because if Satan destroys our families, Satan destroys the church. So our families have to be a priority for us in the kingdom. So those are the beginnings of the we must. It's so important that we understand that we are in this together. We have to commit to God on an individual level, but then we have to look at each other and say, I'm committed to you as well. And I'm committed to helping you live out your commitment to God in any way and every way that I can. Let those words sit with you and let's pray together. God, we thank you for the chance to just be with you this morning. We thank you for the opportunity to be loved by you and to be forgiven by you, God. We know that life can be difficult, life can be hard, life can be challenging. We know that it's never going to get any easier. And in those moments, let us fall onto our commitment with you and commit to each other so that we can finish this race with one another. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Thou art giving and forgiving, ever blessing, ever blessed. Thank you again for joining us, and please consider subscribing to our YouTube channel or our podcast. We can be found on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast provider. Also, leave us a five-star review, which will greatly assist in getting the message of God's love and salvation to others. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Mortals join the mighty chorus Which and Twitter. the morning stars began Father, love Be sure to join us again And until then, remember to love like Jesus man to man.